In writing this psalm, David understood what it meant to be a shepherd, because he was a shepherd as a boy. And then by a turn of events, he was catapulted to become the leader of a nation, the leader of Israel. And when, he did, when that happened, he became a shepherd of people. And David was very good at that. He was a very good leader of, of his nation. In fact, I, I, thought, you know, I thought about David in, in doing this. You've got this guy who was a, a, a military guy. He was a leader of a nation. He was very much an outdoors kind of a guy. And yet at the same time, he, he wrote poems. He wrote songs. And so I think he must have been like this left brain, right brain guy, one of those unique kind of people who kind of got the best of both worlds that's put inside of his brain. Well, when you read this psalm, you discover that it's about two individuals. It's about God, and it's about David. And God's the shepherd, and David is the sheep. And David's central affirmation in this psalm, the whole point of, of him writing this psalm, is stated in the very first sentence he wrote, where he made this wonderful statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. When you, when you think of anything that you could say about yourself, I don't, I, I don't think there's anything better that any one of us could ever hope to, to say, describing ourselves. When you think about Almighty God, the creator of the universe, is the shepherd of my life. And because he's the shepherd of my life, I lack absolutely nothing. I have everything that I could ever possibly hope to have. I mean, think about that. The one who's our shepherd is the creator of this universe. Every star, every planet, every galaxy, a universe that is measured in light years, this God is the, this creator, this God is your shepherd, this God is my shepherd. You and I, you and I are the cherished objects of divine diligence. This, this lends an, an enormous dignity to each one of us, who we are, that we're actually, we actually are loved by the God who created this universe. And what it gives to us is this tremendously wonderful sense of security and purpose in our life. You just absolutely cannot, you can't beat this truth of what we are. It encourages, it strengthens us as, as we face all of life's challenges. Now, what we're talking about is dreams. Having great dreams, big dreams for our life. And the, the very truth of this psalm, the statement that David made, gives us the confidence that every one of us can live out God's dream for our lives. You, you can become everything that God created you to be. It's not, it's not a hype. It's the truth. You can have confidence to set the highest goals for your life, to, to, to become, you know, to not limit yourself in any way, and confidence that you can really dream big dreams for your life. Now, but... Okay? The thing not to miss. The focus of this psalm is on the shepherd. It's not on the sheep. The focus of this psalm is, is on what the shepherd does for the sheep. It's not on what the sheep do for the shepherd. All right? Which, this, this is absolutely critical to get. If you don't understand, understand this, you'll miss the whole point of this psalm. It helps us understand that who we are and what we achieve ultimately rest in the wisdom and the power 
of God, okay? So what we're talking about here in Psalm 23, it's not what we do for the shepherd. It's not what we do for God, but it's what God does for us. Now, many, many years later, many years later, Jesus, the Son of God, applied this psalm to himself when he announced that he's a good shepherd. And he said, as a good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep. John recorded this in the 10th chapter of his gospel. And that is the same chapter where Jesus declared that while the thief comes, comes only to steal and kill and destroy, he came that he, we might have life and that we might have it to the full, that we might have it abundantly, that we might be complete, that we might be satisfied, that we might have everything that we need for our life on this earth. That's the whole message of this psalm. And it's every bit as relevant now as it was for David when he first wrote it. And it gives us this great promise. It, it points us to the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ, who you are in Jesus Christ, who I am. And it's this statement, you are complete in Jesus you are complete in Jesus. In fact, I say it this way. In, in Jesus, you have, you have everything you need to become everything God created you to be. I mean, I, if, you, if you take notes, you don't want to miss this one. This is one to write down. In Jesus, you have everything you need to become everything God created you to be. That's what David meant when he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack Nothing. I lack nothing, David said. I am totally complete in Jesus Christ. And because that is true, I can have confidence in God's dream for my life. I can, I can set the highest goals for my life. I can, I can achieve things that I no way could achieve in my own strength. I can do it in the power and in the wisdom of Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, in my Lord, the Lord who is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Now, that's the big idea. That's the big statement that David makes for us. And then he goes through and he shows us why this is possible, why this is true. And so what I'd like to do this morning is just go through this psalm phrase by phrase, all right? So let's begin. It's just a great psalm. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And then he said, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, I got to tell you, as a farm kid growing up on a perfect, warm, really nice, uh, sunny Minnesota day, there is something very special about being out in a green pasture. I don't even know how to explain that to you. But it's very restful. It's just, it was just, I mean, when, when I read that as a kid growing up on a farm, I can, I can totally relate to what we're talking about there. The picture here is one of completion, of complete fulfillment, of total satisfaction. It's a picture of, of resting in the shepherd, trusting, trusting in the shepherd to provide everything that I need for my life. Now, the interesting thing about sheep, because of how sheep are wired, 
it's almost impossible for them to lie down unless certain requirements are met. And all of those requirements are provided by the shepherd. And I, I just want to talk through each one of these. And I think you might be, be able to relate to at least one of them, all right? The, the first thing about sheep, if they're ever going to lie down in a green pasture, is that they've got to be free from fear. You see, sheep are not smart animals. But sheep are smart enough to know that there's a whole bunch of other animals that would love to eat them. All right? And sheep are also smart enough to know that they were safe when the shepherd was close to them. All right? So they, they wanted the shepherd to be around them. And I, I look at that and I apply it to my own life. And I got to tell you, in the hard stuff of life, there is absolutely no substitute for a keen awareness that Jesus is with you and Jesus is caring for you, okay? Now, second thing. Sheep also got to be free from tension. Uh, spend any time watching sheep, and you'll find that they do the same thing we sometimes do. They compete with each other. And it's not a healthy, fun-loving kind of competition. We're not talking about, like, some great football we saw yesterday, all right? We're talking about doing what it takes to get what you want when you want it. We're talking about, you know, shoving other people to get other people out of the way so you can get what you want, what you want for yourself. Once again, when sheep did this, they needed the shepherd to intervene. I'd say the same for us. With our good shepherd, who insisted on serving instead of being served. And I can tell you that one of the best things we could do as sheep to get away from thinking about ourselves all the time is to fix our eyes on our shepherd, on Jesus Christ, who wanted to serve and, and, and allow him to impact us so that we're willing to serve other people because one of the, one of the most wonderful, powerful ways to joy in our lives and satisfaction in our lives is when we get outside of ourselves and we're willing to put other people before ourselves and be a servant to others. Tremendous fulfillment with that. It's also true that you're never going to get a sheep to lie down unless they're free from what aggravates them. And what aggravates sheep when they're out in the pasture is insects and parasites. In fact, if you ever watch them, if, if the shepherd isn't, hasn't been able to take care of them, you'll see them, they'll be up on their feet, they'll be, they'll be stamping their legs, they'll be shaking their heads. In fact, what would happen is that they would sometimes just rush off into the brush to get, to get the brush to scratch off the insects off of them. You know, so it was only the diligent care of the shepherd taking care of the sheep that would, would provide the relief that they were so desperate for. And it would take time and it would take labor and it would take, you know, if done today, it takes expensive chemicals. But a good shepherd will do everything he can to provide relief. Anybody else ever find life a little aggravating? Anybody have any? You know, I, I don't, I, you know, let me, let me ask, are you like me? Do you sometimes have a harder time with little stuff, small stuff than big stuff? Little stuff ever get to you? Like after, after it got to you, you go to yourself, you say to yourself, why did I get so wound up? You know, the, the, the thing about sweating the small stuff is it just uses up so much energy. Have you noticed that? Now, you know, like last week, I, I think, 
wasn't it this service where I started by telling you my little story about the, the wheels on our car and I could hardly get here, you know, because of the ice, because I've got these tires with our car that need to be changed for winter. Um, so I've got one, four, four tires for summer and four tires for winter. It's just crazy. And uh, so I tried, I tried not using. I did the all-season tires they talked me into, but they didn't work with this car. It's got rear-wheel drive. And, and so Friday, my day off, I, I called it the, the place where uh, Marco, where they do this for us and switch them up. And, and, and I thought I gave myself enough time to get there. I mean, it was like 8.30 in the morning. Uh, I had to be there at 8.40, so I left the house at about 8.15, figuring I got plenty of time, you know, that kind of deal. And, and so I'm driving down 168th Street. I get to where you go out, you get, you know, where you're going to uh, go out on, on Dodge Street. And I'm, before you even get to the entrance onto Dodge Street, I see the cars are backed way up. And I'm going, oh, this is not going to be good. You know, I got to be there you know, in 15 minutes. And sure enough, the, all of Dodge Street was like backed up all the way till where you get to the interstate. Uh, and so it was another one of those opportunities for me to, to just get all wound up, you know, and just make a total mess of, uh, of the next 15 minutes where I'm just, you know, like right up against the car in front of me, you know, and weaving in and out. And you, Anybody ever do that kind of stuff? No, I'm the only one. All right. You know, I mean, we, isn't it true we just use up so much energy sweating the small stuff? And so I have to learn over, and by the way, I was really good. Okay, I just want you to know. The sermon was just in my brain. It's like, I got to be good right now. So I, I, actually, I actually applied what I'm going to talk about right, say right now. I actually did it. I used the time to pray. You know, and I just, honestly, this is very convicting to me. I've asked myself so many times after I've sweated the small stuff and gotten all wound up, why don't I pray about the small stuff like I pray about the big stuff? You know, why do we miss that? You know, so that's my next one. Okay, there's another thing that sheep need before they're going to lie down. I might be the only one here in this room who needed that one, but really spoke to me. All right, the, the, the next one, the next thing that sheep need before they're going to lie down is they they got to, <coughs> they got to, <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> they got to have a full tummy. All right? They got to be free from hunger. And, and so this psalm was written in the context of the land of Judah. And in this dry, uh, semi-arid land, green pastures were hard to find. And, and they, didn't, they didn't just happen by chance. And so a good shepherd took what, he, what needed to be done because he knew that hungry sheep are not content sheep, and if they're not content, then they're just going to always be searching for food to eat, and, and, and they're not going to be healthy. They're not going to be strong, strong sheep. And so it is in our spiritual lives. You and I live in a spiritually dry world that does little to satisfy the hunger of our soul. And our good shepherd provides the nourishment that you and I need to grow spiritually strong and to be spiritually healthy. And it's found, it's found in God's word. It's found in the Bible. And I love what Peter wrote about this. He, he, said, he said, like newborn babies, 
crave spirit, uh, pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. You know, there's a certain sense in which we should never stop being babies. In the sense in which we crave, that we crave the, the nourishment that can come into our life from God's word. And, and I, you know, I, this is something that, I, that I, I feel so deeply and I see happen so often where somebody might just, their, their, their spiritual life is dry. And I'll, I'll ask the question, well, how often, how much are you in God's word? How often are you in scripture? And I find that it's a very hit and miss in their life. And, and, and you know, I just see this too many times that it concerns me that Christians are not spending the time they need in a daily base, basis in God's word so that their, their hearts, their souls can be nourished by the truth of what God's given us. And then David writes, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And then he said, and he leads me beside quiet waters. Here again, the shepherd's the key to finding the best water. If you leave a sheep to itself, uh, that sheep will very often just drink any dirty old polluted water. And guess what? You know, all too often we do the same thing, don't we? We've, we've got this thirst inside of ourselves, and, and we try to satisfy it by going to the world's wells. You know, the, the well of pleasure, or the well of money, or the well of possessions, or the well of prestige, or the well of power. Whatever that well might do might be in. And when we do, when we drink from those wells, it leaves us thirsty and it leaves us unsatisfied. And, you know, thinking about dreams, it's, it's like we're dreaming dreams that exclude God, dreams that are all about ourselves, making ourselves happy, not dreams about what matters most to God. And when, when we are dreaming those kind of dreams, it always leaves us empty, always leaves us thirsty. In the fourth chapter of his gospel, John writes about Jesus walking through Samaria, the land of Samaria, and he stops by a well outside this small town of Sychar. And John tells about, uh, about a conversation that Jesus had with a woman who had come to the well to get water. And, and Jesus asked her if, if she would give him a drink of water from the bucket that she had lowered into the well. And they, they end up having this conversation about this woman's, her own life, her own spiritual life. And at the end of it all, Jesus made this wonderful statement not only for her, but for every one of us today. He said this, he, he said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, the water in the well. But he said, whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. And he said, indeed, the, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And what Jesus Christ was talking about there is the spirit the, the spiritual water that only he can give us, the, the nourishment that he can give, the satisfaction, the completion, the joy that he can give us as a result of us having a relationship with him. You know, I don't know what you've been drinking from these days, but I do know that this thirst inside us for lasting satisfaction and lasting joy is only found in Jesus. Only found in Jesus. And David writes, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And then I just love this statement. He restores my soul. You may not know this, but if a sheep somehow falls down and, and somehow turns over on its back, that sheep cannot get up again without help. There, there's a word for this that's actually used to describe this kind of a sheep. It's a, it's, this sheep is described as a, a cast sheep or a cast down sheep. And, and so whenever a sheep would be missing, one of the things that would go through the mind of a shepherd right away is that that sheep had fallen somewhere and was lying on its back and wasn't able to get up. And what would happen to that sheep? Because it can never get up, it would, it would ultimately just die. I mean, it's a pretty sad picture, isn't it? <laughs> David knew what it was to be cast down in his own life. David knew what it meant to fall down spiritually, to fail spiritually. Truth is, David had some major spiritual failures in his life, adultery and murder. And if anybody could have thought that he would never stand again, David could have thought this. It would have been very easy for David to think, it's over for me with God. It's over for me with God. I'm never going to get up again. But it wasn't. All because of God's mercy in doing what it took to get David back up spiritually. It might be that you're here today and you've blown it in a David kind of a way. Or you've had enough of those times where you failed to be what you know you should be. And so it's not so much, it's not so much the size of your sin, but it's a repetition of your sin. And whichever way it is, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? It's over for me with God. I'm down, and God's never gonna help me up. It's too late for me to experience everything that God could do in and through me. I, there's no more dreaming for me. You might be thinking that. And if you're thinking it, David wants you to know that it's not over. The good shepherd, Jesus, never leaves a sheep on its back. He never leaves one of us on our back, cast down, you know, never able to get up again. He wants to restore us to put us back on our feet. He's always a shepherd in search of cast down sheep. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for that. Because there's so many times in my life where I've been on my back, flat up. Man, I've been cast down. I have blown it. I have failed. And apart from the grace of God in lifting me up, I wouldn't get up again. And David writes, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. You know, a common misconception about sheep is they can, they can just get along anywhere. It's really quite the opposite. There's, there's hardly any other animal that, that requires as much careful handling as sheep do, and that includes the pasture land that they're grazing on. And the thing about sheep is that they've always got to be kept on the move. They, they can't be left on the same ground for too long. They, they've got to be shifted from pasture to pasture to prevent overgrazing, which totally devastates the land. 
Any sheep allowed to persist in pursuing their old, old paths and grazing on old, worn-out ground will end up starving animals on ruined land. You know, I think this is another way it's possible for us to be like sheep. You know, it's, it's easy to settle for less in our spiritual lives. Where we're walking the same paths we've always walked. We're, we're satisfying ourselves with the same old things we've satisfied ourselves with too many years. And so you, you might not be starving spiritually. At least you don't think you are. But you aren't growing spiritually. There's little, you, if you were asked, you'd say, you know what? There's little to nothing about my life where I'm experiencing everything that God created me to be. You might say that. And so the thing you need to, to do is trust the shepherd. Trust the shepherd and allow him to lead you in, in whole new paths in your life. Paths that you might not have chosen for yourself. And, and, and trust him to, to bring you to pastures that you haven't been feeding on before. You know, something entirely new and different in your life that's going to stretch you and help you grow. And it's, it's really then and only then you can experience the fulfillment and completion that can be yours in Jesus Christ. And David writes, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The long treks into the high country, up into the mountain meadows for the summer is what David's writing about here. And to reach those mountain heights, the, the sheep had to climb up through the valleys, the valleys that provided the gradual ascent that was needed and the food and the water necessary to survive. But I got to tell you, in those valleys, the cliffs towered high on both sides and there were, there were a lot of crevices and a lot of shadows and a lot of dark places. And in those dark places many times would be the wolves and the coyote and, and the bear that would just love to prey on those sheep. And so the shepherd had to protect them as they wound their way up to the high meadows for the food they needed to eat. And so it is in the Christian life. Very often, the way to higher ground in our spiritual walk, the way to become everything God created us to be, is often through the valleys of danger and suffering. And the shadows can be so scary. I got to tell you, everybody, just be really honest. It's a scary part of my life right now. It's been scary since Greg died. And I'm, I'm very much, and Becky would agree, we're, we're very much right now, we're still in the valleys. We're still in the valleys, and we, we don't really see the end yet. We, we don't really see, you know, that the mountain heights that God's leading us to. i am be honest with you, we're in the valleys. And it's scary. And the only way we make it the only way we make it is to keep our eyes on the shepherd who's leading us. It's the only way you do it. 
And, and you know, you might be in those valleys right now. And that valley for you might last a, a matter of a few weeks. It might be a few months. It might be a few years. But I can tell you, you can make your way up those valleys. You can keep on going if you keep your eyes on the shepherd. I can tell you that because I'm experiencing it. The good shepherd will be with you all the way. And he'll protect you and he'll strengthen you every step. And David writes, Surely your goodness and your love will follow you, me all the days of my life. David's saying, I have two companions in my life. He said, I have the goodness of God. He said, I have God guiding me and I have God, God protecting me. And he said, I have, I have the love of God. He said, I have the love of God who forgives me and who restores me when I fall. He said, I have, he said, God, your goodness and your love, they'll follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? And then he said, not only is this true for all of my life on this earth, he finishes the psalm up by writing this wonderful promise. He, he said, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David's saying, not only, not only will, can you have the confidence in God's dream for your life on this earth, not only can you dream big dreams for your life because, because in Jesus Christ you have everything you need to become everything God created you to be, but he said it's also true that for all of eternity you'll see the fulfillment of God's dream for your life. For all of eternity, it's just going to be a forever process of becoming everything God created you to be, and it's all because of Jesus our good shepherd. <laughs> so if you're here this morning and you would say, you know, if you and I could sit down and just have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, you might say, boy, Steve, God's never been the shepherd of my life. I, don't, I really have no relationship with Jesus. I just want you to know that the beautiful thing about this is right where you're sitting this morning, you can have a conversation with God and you can, you can pray a prayer this simple. God, I want Jesus Christ to be my shepherd. I want him to be my savior. God, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner and God, I've lived my life without you, but I want to live my life with you. And you can pray that simple prayer. And you'll become one of God's sheep. <laughs> one of God's sheep. You know, I, I thought it would be fun to finish this morning. All of us standing together, and before we, we have a, a closing song, but all of us standing together and, and saying this psalm together in one voice, okay? So let's do that. And we'll put it up on the screen. And um, try to follow me a little bit as, as we do this, okay? I want to I emphasize certain parts. So if I stop, you stop, okay? All right. Here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. 
He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Praise God. Let's sing.